show. All right. And five, four, three. All right. I am Nick. I'm Zach. And this is, <laughs> and this is the Internet Television Podcast Show, episode number three. Watch it go. That's a reference to a Pantera home video that you've never seen, but nope. I quite like it. So the six people that also watched it will like that joke. What's going on, man? How are you? Did you know that Pantera also did the official song for the Dallas Stars hockey team? That doesn't surprise me. They uh, do you do you want to go down this road? Do you want to start talking about Pantera and nostalgia? Because nope. nope. get... I was just throwing that one little. It's like more <laughs> of a fun fact, and then we move right along. <laughs> Because I'll get so deep in yep. there, dude. Yep, just uh, a fun they, fact. Just, just, just one more, yep. and, and we'll, we'll leave it alone. They also, uh, for a long time, up until I don't even think that long ago, uh, owned a strip club in Dallas, too. Hmm. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine you're the biggest, arguably the biggest metal band uh, for a while. Like, they were up there, right? I mean, maybe you're not the biggest, but you're one of the top ten. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. I mean, record sales wise, they were. And then I just think, as far as like everybody knowing who you are, you're like, you're in that legendary status with, you know, Black Sabbath and Slayer and all these bands. Right. And you own a strip club. Yeah. Well, in your home city. Well, like, that's some fucking. Also, shit. the way you're saying that, I don't want to go too far down Pantera, but we're going. Mm. Um, so, Pantera K hole. Let's do it. The way you said that is would make me believe that, like, so the band owns it, as in the band is like an LLC. Or is it one of the individuals in the band owns the strip club? I believe the way that it was, because they they showcase yeah. it. They, okay, so they did these like rad home videos, and we can get into this at a, at a future date. Okay. But they did these awesome home videos before, way before the age of Jackass and and all that stuff. Right. And, you know, they're, it's funny because there's like footage, because Dime, the, their guitar player who died, he filmed most of it. And so, like, there's footage of him filming, and it's this giant fucking camera. So that kind of tells you the uh, yeah. the time period that it was. But they did these videos, these Pantera home videos, one, two, and three. And in two of them, I think, maybe all three of them, they reference the strip club, like the third one. I mean, and these are like X-rated videos. Like, this yeah. is just straight up naked chicks, paint parties. <laughs> yeah, Pantera, like, dude. I'm sure they're doing it crazy. <laughs> they're just, dude fucking raging we'll have to watch some of their shit one of these days because it's i'll give you a highlight reel maybe next episode it's good it before i met you when i was 12 years old i probably had met you but i was we weren't friends yet yeah they when i was still a metalhead like full-blown i mean i always will be but when i was deeply in the metal, i was all in that video pantera home video three watch it go is what made me want to be in a band, maybe okay. not a musician, but in a band. Right. Because I was just like, this shit right here, this shit right here yeah. is the fucking gnarliest shit. I've, like, they just fuck everything up. Yeah. Getting hammered all the time. Yeah. Smoking tons of weed. God knows what else they're doing, right? And just not giving a fuck about anything. But to answer your question, they feature the strip club in two videos. As I understand it, they owned it as a entity, as a band. Okay. It was owned by Pantera, huh. the, the corporation, which I think is so much doper than it just being like the drummers or something. Right. right? Yeah. No, that is, that is, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, uh, and yeah. So I could go on and on and on. It's funny we're talking about Pantera because, you know, Eric Powers. Yeah. Close, close friend of mine, good friend of yours, whatever. He, he also comes from the school of the Pantera home videos. 
And so whenever I see him, we always do quote, like we, right. it, it would not take 20 minutes of us being together before we're like, watch it go. <laughs> or like, right. you know, there's a scene in that video where they're trying to get one of their, cause, cause the cool thing about the video, it's not just all a bunch of ego session of the four of them. It's, it's really, the videos are a ton of footage of their road crew. Okay. Like all the people behind the scenes, like their entourage of fucking miscreant Southern, like, like imagine every dude that wore, wore checkered shorts and a NASCAR t-shirt in yeah. 1995 yeah. with long hair and a ponytail in Houston, <sighs> Texas. They probably worked for Pantera. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was the fucking thing. And so like, it's all these videos of those guys. And uh, there's this one dude that they keep trying to quit smoking and so they have this thing called boot to the cool, right? So every time he's smoking and they have him on video, they're like, boot to the cool. And they kick a cigarette out of his fucking hand, like hard. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and so every time I see Eric Powers, we're like, you know, and then there's this other thing where like everybody that goes to Pantera shows their ears ring. And so they do this thing where they're like, three, <laughs> like it's for the Pantera on video. So we do that all the time or we'll be like boot to the cool. Or All right, man. Well, go out there and watch those Pantera home videos, folks it's it's for for and it is a really cliche thing to call it but it's accurate and i felt this way at the time and i still do it's it's very punk rock it's very like not glam you know yeah. like they're they're not in fancy hotels and they're most of the footage is in like the shitty backstage areas of these huge venues they're playing but they're just nothing more than like open rooms yeah. you know and it's just a bunch of dudes creating their own fun which to me later in our years together was really reminiscent of what we did. You know, yeah. like we didn't have nice shit. We didn't fuck up nice stuff, but we fucked up stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, yeah. Right? And yeah. that's like these dudes, they were just like, you know, and that, there's even a quote in the video where Dime, RIP, was, was like, it's hard to be, oh, they were flying. <laughs> and he was walking around the first class. They were going to like Japan or something. He's walking around the first class without a shirt on and his shirt's like tied up as his hair tied up. And he's like, <laughs> he's writing roach class and he's like it's hard to be first class when you're white trash right <laughs> and i was like yeah so that's that's what you know anyway so there's my pantera cave there, there it went you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome hey you want to go down to pantera? definitely not just one fun fact okay 10 minutes later. oh fuck no <laughs> we're going it started with a strip club and it ends yeah. with you know yeah it never i mean you can't now that we're already that now that we're here in pantera sure. land Okay. It always blows me away anytime I think about them because I'm I'm not like super into Pantera. Yeah. Um, how crazy is it that someone went on stage during one of their shows and killed that guy? Like that's crazy. It, well, so it wasn't during Pantera's concert. Oh, it wasn't. I thought it was no, while it was, they were performing. It was while Dime was performing. Oh, I had like a so, different. So it's a it's a whole band. fucked it's a whole fucked up thing. So okay, so. During the later years of their band, their singer, who is not dead, uh, was just heavy, heavy on painkillers and heroin and all kinds of stuff and started getting um, super uh, just out of it and arrogant and, you know, fucked up. And so the band starts drifting apart from each other, right? Yeah. And... Uh, in that, and then, and then they eventually, like the last record, or first, second to last record, he like did all the, he started doing all the vocals at another studio. It was like right. in, in, cause he's from Louisiana, he's from New Orleans. He would do them in New Orleans and the rest of them are in Texas. And like, it was just this whole weird thing. Yeah. Anyway, 
he was he was just a fucked up dude uh, for many years, and they broke up unceremoniously. Like, didn't say anything to anybody. Why are you laughing? It's because I would do the same thing if you got into some shit that I'm super dialed into. The point is, the guy was at a show, and someone killed him yeah. at a show. And what so, you, what you needed to say was, oh, actually, that wasn't Pantera. It was another band he was in. Uh, but they and I get it. You band. can't do that. You're like, and no. he's in this other. There's such band. a story. Yeah. There's such a story. But no, no, no. It's relevant. The story I'm telling okay. is relevant to why he got killed. That's why it matters. Okay. So they had like it's, kind it's of abs- a. It wasn't going well. He's in a side band. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. All right. It's relevant. Yeah. Stay with me, because this isn't. I'm not just telling you a meaningless <laughs> side plot. Okay. Yeah. They broke up. The bro- so so the drummer and the guitar player are brothers. Were brothers. They grew. They they played in bands their whole lives. They yeah. were the, the drummer's a little bit older than Dimebag Daryl. Anyway, they formed another band after Pantera unceremoniously quit. Okay, so did the singer. So he's in this and 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 so they're doing this band Damage Plan. The brothers, yes, which is which sounds just like Pantera, just kind of not as good because the singer's not as good or whatever. Sure. Right? It sucks when a guy's toxic as fuck, but he's also super talented, yes. right? So, so anyway, they're doing that thing and they're playing like not arenas. Like they're playing not voodoo lounge, but maybe like a, a you know, small but not, you know, thousand people, slims sure, yeah. maybe. Okay. And so and that's relevant to the story too, but then Phil's band is still playing arenas cuz he's kind of got the thing. So he's on like Ozfest and stuff. And he's in the press talking shit about Dimebag Daryl left and right. Oh shit. And in an interview he says somebody needs to just do something about that guy. Whoa. He's oh yeah. No, this is a gnarly fucking thing, dude. My favorite band of all fucking time, right? Hands down. No, no yeah. second no. The lead no singer called, place. basically publicly called for someone to kill the guitar player. He they he said something like he needs a good ass kicking. Somebody needs to do something about that dude. Because right. he won't stop talking shit. Well, Everybody that knows the Pantera story knows that, like, Phil Anselmo is, his fan base are, like, these highly charged macho people, right? Because Phil was, like, a boxer, and he's, like, he kind of looks like a skinhead dude, and he's kind of gnarly anyway, right? So, some kooked-out PTSD, I believe, Marine, who was a massive Phil Anselmo fan, took that to mean, like, someone needs to do justice by Phil, snuck a fucking shotgun into a damage plan show, Jumped up on stage and smoked Dimebag Daryl on stage in front of an entire crowd and then shot his, didn't kill, but wounded Dime's uh, guitar tech. So he didn't just shoot one person. He, bow, he killed Dime. And then the dude, Bobby Tongs, is, who's still a roadie to this day, he works with all kinds of different bands still, yeah. ran out on stage to stop the dude, shot him. And then finally, a cop that was in the venue, an armed guard or cop, ran up on stage and yeah. killed him. Let's say there's no shortage of like cops that are also Pantera fans. No, but I mean, this was just a big venue, yeah. you know? And so, um, yeah, yeah, I, thousands people actual, right, yeah. I think it was an actual cop. Like when someone what? called the police. Yeah. So I have a couple questions. Now we're going all the way in because this is fascinating. Yeah, so number one, like what happened to the guy? Is he still alive in jail? Like, did he? No, I told you a cop ran up on stage and killed him. Oh, he killed him. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't hear that part. So, so it's crazy too, because if I remember the story, Jeez. he wasn't. Uh, like he wasn't an on-site guard. He was a cop that just happened to be in the area yeah. and someone called. He heard it on the radio, ran over there. They let him in. They go, the dude's on stage and he's shooting. He ran on stage with his gun drawn and just plugged the dude. Whoa. Because the guy like turned yeah. on him with the shotgun and he shot and killed him. So in the course of like, fuck dude, probably five minutes, 
three, two, one dude's, two dudes are dead. One dude is like seriously injured and Dimebag Daryl gets fucking killed. And he got killed for sure. They found stuff after the fact in this dude's like house. Yeah. Like a, like a note, like this guy knew he wasn't coming back. Right. And he was like, I'm, I'm doing what's right by Phil and like all this Whoa. crazy shit. Okay. So like, what is, what has Phil Anselmo said since all this happened? Has he like said anything? So that's its own. I bet. Insane. So can you imagine, right? Yeah. You're just this fucked up dude. And look, I was a drug addict for many years. I know what it's, I'm not making any excuses for that, but like, if you're all fuck, look, there's a lot of people that have bad stories about that guy. Just like a lot of like the guys from Guar didn't don't like Phil and yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I get it. He's like, a dick. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like he's gone on people's buses and asked for heroin and like all this stuff. And he's just this, he was this cocky rock star and he blamed it on a back injury. And he was, ta- he, he first tried to say he just took a lot of painkillers for back stuff. Finally admitted that he was also using heroin. Right. Started with the oxys, gotten heroin, just like so many other people. So anyway, Dime dies because this guy shot his fucking mouth off and, and just really wanted, I mean, really what it came down to in my mind is he wanted to stay relevant in the press and he was an arrogant drug addict. And so he knew that inflaming that situation, because this was like when magazines were still big before yeah. the internet was like huge. So like hit parader and all this stuff were like pushing these articles of, you know, Phil Anselmo says, fuck Pantera and Dimebag Daryl's a piece of shit. Yeah. And kick his ass. They, the media definitely pushed that narrative. And so Dime dies and uh, Phil's not invited to the funeral. Oh, yeah. He's, he's told by the brother, by, by Vinnie Paul, don't show up. Um, the dude that, that, you know who Zach Wilde is, that blonde-haired Viking-looking dude mm-hmm. that plays for Ozzy? Yep. He was best friends with Dimebag Daryl and those guys. He also told Phil, like, if I see you, I'm going to fucking fuck you up. Like, yeah. it was really gnarly. Dime's estranged girlfriend that had been with him forever to this day won't talk to him. I don't know if I don't know if Vinnie Paul. So Vinnie Paul died three years ago, two years oh, ago. The brother from yeah from. But he went on and played music for a while and he did some stuff or whatever. But he was just not doing well. I mean, you know, Dime they probably stopped giving ago. a fuck, man. Like, yeah, and I mean, he lived a good long time after that. Like, Dime was Dime died my second year at starving musician. So like oh, a long time. Yeah. Ago. Okay. Yeah. Like tw- almost 20 years. Yeah. Probably, you know, cause I like remember, I remember, go- I remember going into starving to work the day that we found out that dime died and it was gnarly. It was like what I imagined it was like when John Lennon died for some people, you know, right. especially in starving musician community. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, um, I don't know if this is true, but I think Vinny died of a heart condition a couple years ago. And I don't think he ever talked to him again. This is a guy he toured with, was in a band with for fucking 20 years. Yeah. He blamed him for his brother. Yeah. Killed, and I think it's pretty valid. I, you know, so so, Phil and Sam, what has Phil and Sam said publicly since? So Phil had, so Phil, and this is like, you know, making it even worse. Shortly after Dime died, I want to say within like two weeks, he released this like video of like a condolences thing for Dime, but he's so fucked up on heroin. You can oh, tell yeah. he's just like, Oh God, man. And he's like, he just has this weird yeah. out of it thing. Like I can't yeah. replicate it well, but cause it's, you know, but he was, he, everybody watching it was like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, this is why dimes dead because you, and, and it just didn't feel sincere or whatever. And then since then, I think he's now been sober for a number of years. 
Um, he finally got clean. He did not get clean after that happened. Right. He continued to, to be a heroin addict and did all these bands and like the records kind of sucked. And, uh, and then I think he finally cleaned up his shit and now he's doing a band and here's the craziest part, dude. So I don't know if he decided to do this after Vinny died and maybe he did because, so he made, he stayed friends with the bassist with Rex Brown. They were always cool. Cause they played in another band called down okay. together. Yeah. Okay. So there was sort of this rift between the two groups, right? I think it may have been after Vinny died, and it makes sense from like a copyright perspective. All of a sudden now, uh, to this day, I think currently, Phil, with his band called The Illegals, is doing uh, a tour called Vulgar Display of Pantera, and yeah. it's the whole Vulgar Display record. Uh -huh. And I'm pretty sure, Ooh. and I watched it, they did over COVID, they did like a live cast of it at House yeah. of Blues where like no one was in there and they just filmed it horrible dude like so fucking horrible like the music isn't great because it's not those guys and the dynamics right. not there yeah. you're not as good a drummer as that guy you're not as good no one's as good a guitar player arguably as dimebag daryl um but it was that wasn't the part like i don't knock those guys for that because you know you're doing your best it's like a cover right yeah dude phil and Tom's voice was dog shit yeah like so bad dude all the years of smoking yeah. and not you know and drugs and all that stuff but I can't help but think now that I think about it that like he had to wait till both those dudes were dead probably. Yeah. And then he got Rex's permission. Right. Cause he's probably, it's probably like owned in four parts. Right. Yep. And so, and so he was able to play that music. And so what a fucked up end to that. Like, yeah, that's cool that whole thing is fucked up. Like, damn, I didn't know all that. <laughs> yeah. Dude. I just knew that that's like he got killed yeah. on stage at a show, which is crazy. I was just commenting on how crazy that alone is. I mean, that, that like, alone is crazy. Not only did that happen, yeah, it kind of happened in like, like that's crazy. Like that's crazy. Has did like shows, like security at shows, get completely overhauled after that? You know what I mean? Like that. I mean, they had crazy, to, right? I mean, I yeah, and I and I wonder. I think, and and I'm I am absolutely just pulling from memory. And if somebody, if anybody watches this episode. And they're like, you know, because some some metal well, Pantera fan is going to put me wrong. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No, they're going to put me to task and they're going to be like, actually, that's not, you know. But if memory serves me right, he snuck in through like a side door, okay. which is not that hard to do at shows. Sure, you do. Worked yeah. at a venue. Yep. We played tons of venues. Yep. You can do that pretty easily. Yep. And he had like a trench coat on and he had a shotgun under Jesus. his. That's coat. fucking yeah. wild. Yeah. So tragic thing. Um. And I'm a huge Phil Anselmo fan, but it, I struggle, you know, like bad music's bad music. I mean, I love those Pantera songs and I love those, hey, those records. You also have to just separate. Did we talk about this? I don't know. Maybe we didn't talk about this on the podcast, but it's like, mm. no matter what, like Michael Jackson did, oh, Billie right, Jean yeah. is still a great song. Like you have to separate yeah. the art from the artist, you know, like. Right. And just the person from there. Especially if you, you go know. back. Because if you go back, it's like, well, dude, people were just kind of... Where do you draw the line with that? You know, that's a tough yeah, thing for me. I know. I don't you know? know. Like, I, I don't... What do you, 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 I can think of, <laughs> like, a terrible example that I'm not going to mention. But, like, there's, 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 like, a lot of really heinous people that were semi-talented or very talented, right? Like, Gary Glitter wrote some pretty dope fucking pop anthems, but, like... Like, fuck him, though. Like, I, you know, I can't really... Is he, like, the head. worst one? Like, who's the worst one? I mean, arguably Michael Jackson. Yeah, R. Kelly is the worst one. 
But yeah, I'm not okay. R. Kelly fans. So I don't all know all the story. Right. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I think I think people would maybe put Michael and R in the same boat together. You know, I didn't follow it well mean, enough. At, and I didn't watch the movies, but like, is Michael Jackson for sure like a hundred percent? Because I thought like Corey I mean, Feldman I, and can, people came out and said no, like he's just a weird like kid man. I'll, I'll say this, yeah. and I haven't watched the most recent one, but yeah. Sarah did, and yeah, the way that she described it is, she was like, if those people are lying, it's the most heinous thing because they they go into like graphic details. Huh. It's not just like, oh, he touched me. It's like, no, this is what he asked me to do. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Because when once Michael Jackson died, they had all, and this is the most fucked up part about all that is, as I understand it, either they or their parents at the time signed these crazy NDAs yeah, settlement. Yeah. So like, as long as Michael Jackson was alive, they couldn't talk about it, right? And some of them still did, but they didn't go into specific detail because they just feared the wrath of like, you know, the legal team and how much money he had. Um, and not to mention he paid very well, right? So right. once he was dead, a bunch mm. of these people came forward. Now, I think that's interesting to see it from the other perspective. Like, if you were sexually abused, I feel like you come forward no matter what. But I don't know because I have never been in that position. Like, I can't I can't say that. That's yeah, tricky, man. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know the answer. I try to always separate the art from the artist. But, like, I've never yeah. been a super fan of somebody that, like, turned. Like, yeah, yeah, there's some Michael Jackson songs that are good. But, like, I'm not, like... Sure. A Michael Jackson fan. I can't tell you like his birthday. You know, I don't know anything about Michael Jackson. I've right. never been a fan of somebody that like went bad. You know, like the closest was maybe like Pete Townsend. So I was a big Who fan, and Pete Townsend. Yeah, but what? It, what that was a weird situation. He though, basically, right? he mean, had like kitty porn, and he and he said that it was yeah. for like research because he was abused, and he was like writing a biography. But you know what's just so, and I remember what you told me about that when it happened. Yeah. What's so interesting about that though is like, you know, money's a hell of a thing because that just disappeared. That motherfucker didn't go to jail. Right. That's all my point is. And not you only know, did he not go to like, jail, there's no like stigma to like the Who or Pete Townsend. No, fuck no, dude. The, the, the Who has not been doxxed or whatever right. you call it. Right? So like, like canceled. I, I don't know. And I don't, honestly, I don't remember the details because again, it was like kind of a thing where yeah. like, well, I don't. I don't read like teen beat. Like I don't care about like their personal lives. I just like the music, you know, like, yeah, I'm not, when like, do you think what year, what, what was the last year you think the who was in teen beat though? Well, you know what I'm saying? What, what <laughs> hit parade or whatever these magazines are that like delve into the gossip of like these bands. I just yeah, don't know. Just yeah. Yeah. Right? No, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's just, but that was, that is a great example of like, like, okay. And a more recent one in the comedy world. Cause I'm like a, right, no, I'm yeah. not a comedian, yeah. but I'm a fan of comedy yeah. for sure. And Chris D'Elia yeah. is one um, where it's, you know, and it's per, it's kind of a popular thing to call these people out and talk about them on your podcast because it's buzzworthy. But it's just interesting to me because Louis C.K. got canceled. Yeah. Flat the fuck out. Yeah. Rightfully so. Not rightfully so. I Whatever. don't know. But I wasn't happened. there. Yeah. I don't. But it happened. He yeah. did absolutely got canceled. Aziza Sari and got canceled pretty damn close to canceled. Yeah. And he got canceled on kind of some some kind of gray area like it was a lot more gray than than louis ck's shit yeah. right it was more about just like a bad date that went south. yeah his was a little fucked up because it was yeah. like hey i don't like this guy's personality but you know he, right. he's a dick right uh, okay, yeah okay okay well, or he was every asshole to goes to jail boy those are gonna be some full jails right. right so me included so um but then but then the thing with chris D'Elia was pretty bad like what i heard what I what I had read, he yeah. was up to, 
was like life imitating art kind of shit. Where like you know, because he, it was ironic as you know, he was he was he was accused of communicating, flirting, sexually explicit stuff with underage women. I mean, he wasn't just accused. Like they 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 produced. Receipts. They found. Yeah, they found. <laughs> the, stuff. You know, he yeah. did it over social media. Like there were receipts. Right. Like he definitely. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yes. Pedophile. It was there. Yes. He's a pedophile. Downplay it. He's a pedophile. And what's what's ironic about that, it's not funny, but what's ironic about that is he played two pedophiles on TV huh. throughout the course of his career. Uh, uh. He did a he did an episode of the league as a as a as a pedophile. Yeah. And then there was another show and I, I can't remember which one it was. So it's just fascinating. Sarah and I were talking about that and we were like, God, you think the whole time he was filming those, he was just like getting a laugh about it because he just knew. Like it was, you know, I don't know. It's such a weird thing. But like, what's fascinating to me about that is that motherfucker's still on the internet putting out content like all the time. Oh, really? Like, it, oh, yeah. Like, I get shit on my YouTube, you know, recommended feed. He's associated because he's, he's associated with all the big names right now. Like this new wave, like your Bobby Lee's and your, and they, all these they guys still have him on their shows. No, they do not fuck. That's what him. I thought but is that like everybody their cut names them off. are still tied together, you know? And so if I'm because I like I subscribe to bad friends. You, and, I get it. You see it in your algorithm. But my point mm-hmm. is, is he yeah. has he's kind of just doing it on his own now. Right. Like. Right. But he is like unapologetically still putting out just and it's not like it's not like he's addressing that stuff. Right. He's just like. Chris reacts to a, and I'm like, yeah, he just ignored it and keep on moving with his thing. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. Is that, is that like, I mean, it's heinous for sure, but is that like, could that possibly be the smartest thing in the world to do in that situation? Like, is he just like yeah. the only way? And I mean, I, I, judgments aside, obviously pedophilia is a completely unacceptable thing. And if that's the case, then fuck him. But just from a, just from a, you know what I mean? Just like from an outside yeah, perspective, like, a strategy. Yeah. How you're dealing with the crisis management of the whole thing. Yeah. Is that a, like, cause, yeah. cause that dude from Barstool Sports kind of did the same thing. Now, granted, not to put them in the same category, cause he wasn't accused of that, but he was accused of rough sex, which he already has a sex tape out, Dave Portnoy or whatever his name is. And, um, hmm. and, and so people already knew that he was like a kinky guy. Right. And so then he gets accused by a couple of women of like being sexually aggressive and all of this stuff. And business insider is the one that breaks this story. But where that gets interesting is instead of becoming reclusive about that, like everybody typically does like, okay, stay the fuck out of the media for a while and just let it go away. He doubles down dude. And he takes his media juggernaut. That's barstool media and fucking goes on the offensive on business insider. And there's some pretty interesting things that he brought up. One of the main one being is that the guy that is controls all of the the news stories on Business Insider is a charlatan and a scammer and and a sure. shitbag yeah. in his own right, which is proven. And that he had just recently lost a bunch of money because of Barstool Sports. Yeah, I mean that shit makes a point. But what about what aboutism never works as far as like. You know, no, oh, I'm well, bad. But, what about this guy? It's like, well, you're both bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I agree with you. But but the weird thing with this guy, with this Barstool thing, is it did work. Oh, he like, got he, off. He, he got. He's like, oh, Scott Free, dude. It's like the whole tables are turned. Well, some and of it too. The like, problem is, is like it's not. This happened this year in baseball. This pitcher got suspended, and it was for rough sex, basically. That like, yeah. And and the crazy thing with him was like the woman that accused him like how it came out was she asked for a restraining order and i think it got denied actually but then it's out it's like news and then major league baseball yeah. suspends him and he's like the highest paid best pitcher in all of baseball 
And then he puts hmm. out, he leaked, he puts out the texts and the texts are like really graphic from her standpoint where she's like, fuck me up, beat me, choke me, like saying all right. this shit. Well, that's what happened with this Barstool guy. Right. So that to me yeah. is like a little bit more, well, fuck, like, well, how do you deal with that? You know, like you're already right. go- doing some weird shit. And then like some well, line that, gets crossed that's past anyone's exactly. normal line, you know? Right. Well, and that's uh-huh. been his thing the whole time is he's, he's you know, in this Barstool thing is he's like, yeah, I'm a kinky fucking dude. I have a sex tape. There's a sex oh, tape right. that shows me getting choked the fuck out. Like, yeah, I'm into some weird shit. Right. But the point, he did the same thing you're talking about, but he, like, he showed that, like, one of these girls, for instance, wrote him back saying, like, yeah, we're, you know, he, he actually cut it off with her, and then she wrote back saying that, like, she totally understood, but she was hurt, like, more right. just of a breakup story. Yeah, yeah. And then her mom went after him. Right. And acute because to protect, you know, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. my point is it's just such a fucked up thing. But the Crystalia thing is weird to me because ha- I don't, I'm just surprised. I guess my point, my whole point with that is I'm surprised there's no one just coming at him, like coming after him, like get him kicked off of YouTube. Like what the fuck? Yeah, I think that like one of the interesting things with that whole because by the way, he's not the only stand up comedian, and neither is Louis C.K. and and there's been a bunch of them at varying yeah. sort of levels of fame. Right. Is that like, and it's that like that group that you're talking about, the Bobby Lee, the Theo Vons, the, who's the other guy, the, not Brendan Shaw, but his buddy, the one he got accused. Mm. Um, Brian Cranston. No, not Brian Cranston. That's, no, no. that's the, um, the meth guy, the meth television show guy, Brian, something cares. Yeah. Irrelevant. Some fighter, irrelevant. The, the fighter I can't remember guy. his name. Yeah. Um, the guy from Matt TV. Yeah. They're all in like this circle where they all do each other's shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like what I notice is when they have these issues, they're like really quick to sort of cut off the person, but they will never say shit. They'll never like really hold them fucking accountable and call them out like, hey, my friend Chris turns out is a piece of shit. Fuck him. Right. Instead, they'll just kind of do the no comment thing, you know? Sure. Where it's like they just don't. And part of me understands that it's like these people are all like this certain this community of like comedians, their whole job is to make funny content. And so when real life shit comes up like this, it's like, dude, this is not funny. There's no funny around it. Like, right. Yeah. Like we this isn't appealing to our audience and it's not how we make our money and we're not masterful fucking you know, uh, political analysts or whatever, social. And some of it's just about your read and look at that circle right now. Right. Like one of the people in that circle or like connected to that in like some weird kind of like uncle or godfather type way is Joe Rogan. Right. Like all these people come on his Mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. He'll come on their podcast. He has the biggest podcast audience in the world. And so like, I get it. It's it's the same concept when you're a band, you want to play with bigger bands. Hey, let me like open for you. It gets you new fans or whatever. Um, So because he, because he's so famous, he's getting like more backlash than some of those guys over like political views or not even yeah. necessarily, he didn't rape somebody, you know, he didn't do anything. He's no. just like his opinion. Yeah. It's more, it's more about the fact that he has so much power in the media. I mean, you could argue that Joe Rogan as a human being and as the Joe Rogan experience is the most influential media entity in the United States. I would argue that a couple of years ago, I think that. Uh, so you're right. At post-election, no. In the last a, year, like, it's gone. It's it's lost a ton of steam. He, if you ask me, and I was a big Joe Rogan fan. Yeah, I thought he had yeah. really interesting interviews. We're going to talk about this because I have some opinions on this too. Sure. Yeah. I, I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was really um, 
good that because I do agree that like interview people from both sides of the spectrum. Yep. Don't let don't let either media push their agenda on you, yep. whether it be liberal or conservative. Interview people that are interesting. Let them. This free speech is about free speech, and it doesn't as long as it's not you know outrightly hateful and bigoted or whatever. Yep. If it's just an opinion and perspective, good. And and I thought it was really great, but. What it felt like to me was around the election, some people that were close to him that were on a particular side of the fence got under his skin. Yeah, I don't and think they, so. Okay. So I well, let me give you my theory because yeah, yeah. I was a sure. daily listener, like every single mm-hmm. podcast, because I think he's one of the best interviewees ever because of how he conducts his interviews, which is essentially like the yeah. perspective is yeah. and his whole approach, his whole career. Oh, he's great. You're right. Was like, hey, I'm just a dumb dude asking yep. questions. Yep. Just and that's what I like. I don't know and that's shit. What, and that's what the everyday guy liked. Right. About I don't too. know shit. I'm just going to ask yeah. questions of like all sides or whatever. And he definitely like, as far as like political and socially lined up with me, he's like very socially liberal, apolitical. And right. just, yeah, mm-hmm. he's very like, Hey, let people do whatever they want to do. Like, you yep. know, just like, leave me the fuck alone. Right. I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. So we're all good here. So what happened was he, during the democratic primary, of the last election, mm. he had Bernie Sanders on and he officially endorsed Bernie Sanders, which he had never done before. He said, hey, I'm endorsing Bernie Sanders. Like I'm telling people, I think you should vote for Bernie. I'm going to vote oh. for Bernie. Bernie's our guy. I didn't I did not know that. OK. And I'm not going to go too far into politics, but sure. I have like family members that are very connected. I don't want to like get, even get into yeah. it. But like yeah, basically yeah, what yeah. happened was the, the Democrat. Look, dude, we all know your uncle's Newt Gingrich. Right. OK, the Democratic establishment. Fucking... Um they yeah. didn't want Bernie Sanders. He's an outsider, right? He's not really a Democrat. Sure. Yep. And so they started attacking. Line. The Democrats yeah. started attacking Joe Rogan, started like publicly attacking mm. him. Yeah, um, that's interesting. And so he like, so he went from like, hey, I'm just some dude. Just asking oh, the question. So you, so you feel like there's sort of a Star Wars scenario here. Well, like, like they pushed him to the dark side. A little bit, yes. Because okay. he, he became like, now all of a sudden he's, he's part of the story and like CNN and all these like sort of like Democrat, like media coverage institutions started like, whereas they never would cover Joe Rogan before at all. No, he was outsider media negatively yeah. covering him. Interesting. Okay. Really like picking apart. And so it was like, then he had Alex Jones on and it like, it became like Joe Rogan right. needs to get a show canceled because he's giving Alex Jones a voice. And it's like, dude, he's just asking the guy, He's actually like yeah. holding Alex Jones accountable. He's like, look, like he was. And if you watch those interviews, he is not pandering to Alex Jones. No. And like, if anything, a lot, he is go, trying to be the voice of sanity. You can't watch those yeah. interviews. Eddie Bravo and Alex Jones go crazy in those interviews. It's like, yeah, but yeah, they're the points where he is interviewing and like trying he basically, he's very clear. Like that Sandy Hook yeah. shit was fucked up, dude. The things he yeah. said was messed up and he shouldn't have said that, but he also yeah. shouldn't be deplatformed forever for saying that he's not like serious. He's a zany TV character. Who cares? I don't care about any of that. My point is, is like they started attacking him and he started to, he couldn't keep himself separate. Right. Mm -hmm. He's like now part of the story. And so Mm -hmm. what's funny is like all of a sudden he went from endorsing Bernie Sanders to having all these conservative politicians and media people on and really being friendly with them and no longer arguing with, it used to be, he would have like someone like Ben Shapiro on and argue with them. Yeah. The best parts about the Jordan experience, Joe would be like, no, what you're saying is bullshit. Jamie, pull it up. And they'd have yep. the thing. But then but then if the guy made a valid point, he would also sure. be like, 
that's a valid point, 100%. right? So he was never staking somebody yes. from either side. He just wasn't going to tolerate something that wasn't factual, right? You know, on on any side of that. Because I also saw him put that. What's that one dude that's like he was in Get Him to the Greek, the singer. He's like a yoga guy, and he's the fucking yeah Russell Brand. Russell Brand, who's like the polar opposite of Shapiro, right? Yeah. He's I saw him put Sh Russell Brand in his place, yes. right? So he did it to everybody. Yes, he would he know? would like argue and debate, and then he went. Yeah. He became like this like place that where conservatives go to like speak their piece with no resistance. Yep. He yep. moved to Texas, yeah. right? He started like speaking. Yeah. In, Do you like, think that was a big part of it too? Like being surrounded by, like I mean, let's be real. Even if you're in Austin, you're still no. I, I think so, but I think that that was more of a result. Oh, he because like they started well, you know like, tom segura and his wife they're doing their shit out of austin now, right everybody too. he's like moving his whole little crew there right like yeah. basically the yeah. liberals in la turned on him and he was like i'm out of here yeah. i'm gonna go somewhere yeah. else right like he, that whole thing just popped mm. up right like why do you do that though like i just don't understand why at any time they not came out and they were like you shouldn't be listening to joe rogan who cares about joe rogan's endorsement he's an idiot and he took it personally yeah he but got, he's like, a yeah, but he's but his whole thing, like so it makes me sad because it, like his whole deal was like, I don't care if you feel yeah. that way. But it's I'm different when truthful. mainstream media is coming at you, dude. Like mainstream, <laughs> yeah. that's like millions of hundreds of millions of people influenced that's by true. this. You know, like yeah. he blew up in like kind of a negative way, and then you know, because like, I can't think like, and maybe I'm wrong about this, and he is just a human being, and I'm not trying to, to idolize anybody, but like you know, or put somebody in this, on this high pedestal, but like he seemed a little bit above like petty flattery that like, it wasn't just the conservatives right. giving him so much positive attention that he just went that direction. I think it's less about the positive attention, more about a reaction to the negative attention. So pushing just, away a fucking from Darth that. Vader scenario, right? Like <laughs> fuck those people. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I mean, they were like the DNC. Cause I, cause dude, I'll be real with you, man. I unfollowed him on Instagram. I I'm not down for I just can't deal with it. He put something out recently about the vaccine, some quote. I don't know if you saw yeah. this that was by a previous president and it was about like basically not being a follower and it felt like it got handed down directly from the Republican National Convention. Yeah, no, he's definitely I, like gone like yeah. a direction and yeah. Okay, you know, like it sucks cuz he is a good interviewer and he had such great people, but now it's just and it's not about him being conservative or being uh liberal it's just more about like damn dude you were such a good interviewer and you were so impartial and now yeah. you're not well he got just too big can't. he blew up he became part of the story so now he's part of the story man and, and what it right. really did start with him endorsing bernie sanders because like i said i paid how how long okay but here's an interesting thing he was on his own trip on apple music right making a lot of money i mean probably yeah, he was their highest yeah. downloaded yeah. guy right and then he makes this gigantic money play yeah. to spotify right 30 million dollars yeah. or whatever it was how long before spotify goes man this is bad for our fucking image dude we're a pretty progressive platform you know the money's there the money's there dude yeah. they'll keep well and the, the guy that runs spotify is in his own little pile right. of they'll shit keep because the, money. If the money's there the money's there yeah yeah um and it sucks though i i really liked his early interviews but i just can't fuck with yeah, it just, it sucks. just he, he, he and whatever it's also like he just got so big that like that's naturally gonna happen right but I'll give you an example. And every once in a while, I will go back and still watch him. Like, I'll go look yeah. at the episodes. If he has a guest that's not political, if it's not yeah, some true. Republican congressman or some Fox News reporter or some daily call, you know, some BS. But, then he, but even but even then, like, he interviewed Tom Segura recently. And I was like, okay, cool. I had that same thought. Yeah, no, they're going to – cool. it can't be a comedian because they're going to – first of all, yeah. they always talk about the same shit. 
and like that's true so of course they're going to talk about the politics like they can't stop i'm more yeah. talking about like he had snoop dog on so i'm like okay like what's up with snoop yeah. that's so like unattached from anything or he sure. had a yeah, it feels like the last interviews I've watched with him post his COVID stint, he just wants to talk about how he took ivermectin. Dude, okay, and how so it, that was the one I was going to bring up. So I, yeah. I had avoided pretty much all of his podcasts except a couple. Yeah. Uh, the girl, uh, Amanda Knox, the woman that was arrested, framed for murder in Italy, and then like it mm-hmm. all came out that it was all bullshit and she finally got freed, had her okay. on. I yeah, I was like into that story when it came out. So like I listened yeah, to that one because it's like, they're not going to talk about politics. They're going to talk about her story you know snoop dog mm-hmm. okay their story so the one where i was like okay i'm gonna like get back in a little bit he had like the yeah. doctor the lead doctor from cnn on there and like okay, okay like a doctor he's gonna he's because i know i had already tuned him out i know he had been kind of anti-vax or like mm-hmm. something but i but i'd already mm-hmm. unfollowed him before all that happened right and, and i'm mm-hmm. not necessarily like I'm vaccinated, but, but like, I, sure. Uh, like I'm not, whatever a you want to do, do your thing. Like, yeah, I don't know, dude, I'm in my, that's house. a whole other topic. Yeah. I'm vaccinated too. I'll be, I'll come out and say it. I have no shame in that, but I understand. I don't know shit. Everybody's, so I'm not trying to judge other yeah, people's shit. Exactly. Right. I'm not a fucking doctor. Yep. Um, but he had this doctor on. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Just for me who hasn't, who doesn't have the like mental endurance to like keep up with all this COVID and vaccinations and new variants. I just kind of like locked myself in my house and ignored everything because like, I don't have like the energy. So it felt like, Ooh, this will be a good conversation where I can kind of just in two hours, get all of it and get caught up. And like, Oh, right. Cause you, cause you expected him to come with an impartial view and talk to a a doctor who's pretty reasonable. You can have a partial view. I don't even care. They're going to have a debate. That's cool. Like, Right. You're going to debate a doctor about medicine, but you'll get your, but you'll get your COVID vac- COVID for dummies fucking synopsis yes. in that. And just get caught up on like what the doctors are saying, what, what the anti-vaxxers yeah. are saying, get caught up on all of it. Right. Okay. Sure. Is there some good reason the anti-vaxxers have? Like, I would like to hear right. it if they have some good reason. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like always interested it. if for nothing more than entertainment, right. like I'm, uh, if it's wild, then it's wild. And that makes good entertainment. Well, right? yeah. So they, they do the interview and the interview was after Joe got COVID. Right. Okay. So when, when Joe, so basically this was the interview, dude, I couldn't even finish it. Maybe they eventually got to some good stuff, but like the guy comes on, he's from skin and he's like the medical analysis from CNN. And he's like, and they talk a little bit like, you know, the history, you know, the kind of like brief shit. And then they, they start to get into it. And Joe Rogan's like, so why did CNN lie about me? And the guy's like, pardon me. And he's like, CNN said that I took horse dewormer to treat COVID. That's not true. I took Invermectin. I was subscribed. I was prescribed by a doctor. CNN mm-hmm. lied about me. Their headline said Joe Rogan takes horse dewormer, which I agree. He brought that up in the Tom Segura thing too. I, and I agree. He's right. Yeah. That mm-hmm. that's shitty journalism. But what does that have to do with the doctor? It has nothing to do with the doctor. Right. And the doctor goes, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't run. The CNN's doctor goes, you know, Hey, yeah. I don't, I don't remember what I don't he do said, that. Essentially, like, I'm not the editor of the page. I'm a contributor. And Joe knows that Joe's not a dumb he guy. He knows that. Right. You know? And so, yeah, he goes, what I want to, the doctor goes, what I want to talk to you about is like, vaccines and joe goes he interrupts him and goes no you tell me why cnn lied about me before we talk about anything else and the guy like kind of writes it off brushes him off again and he's like and he does it again he's like why did cnn lie about me it's like right and now it's like gotcha journalism right and not to mention that even even then it's like he he seemed like his whole stance, what got him famous is that he was such an opponent of gotcha journalism. Yes. Like such an opponent of like backing people into a corner and not giving them their fair shake and not giving them 
context of like, this guy's just a doctor. He doesn't, he's not a reporter. He doesn't run press for fucking CNN. The cutting him right? off and like, interrupting him. Right. Why did, it's like, that yeah. doesn't even. So feel I turned like it off, and maybe it got better. Sucks. I only made it through what like happened? twenty minutes. I had to turn it off. I was like, "Dude, this guy's out of control. Like, he's obsessed with himself." Do like, you think that you know? Just as a side note, when all that shit went down, the storming the Capitol and all that lunacy, yeah. and Alex Jones was Jones was such a pivotal part of that, right? He was yeah. there. Like, do you think when those facts started coming down, that Joe Rogan sat back and was like, "Oh fuck," <laughs> like, dude, I've had this guy around me. People, I have, I've given him the benefit of the doubt a handful. Or do you just think he was like, fuck it? From what I can tell, like, yeah. and again, I kind of stopped listening to the dude. So like, maybe there was some episodes that where he really did get into it. From what yeah. I can tell though, is like his stance on January 6th is similar to his stance on Trump, which is like, if you really back him into a corner, make him say it, he'll say like, yeah, Trump's bad or whatever. He's out of control. But right. that's not how he talks about it. What he does is no. you go, hey, Trump's back. Can you believe this? And he'll go, yeah, but Biden, you know, he, he, it's yeah, right. but. And so everything I've heard on the January 6th thing is kind of like, yeah, but did the election get stolen? Yeah, but it's like, whether right. the election, got, any of that, it doesn't matter. Like, Deflecting. obviously, this is bad, dude. And again, if you put him in a corner, he'll say, yes, they shouldn't have done it. It's bad. But it's like yeah. a little bit like light, like not taking it super seriously. Right. Well, and maybe it, that has a lot to do with the fact that he has surrounded himself by people that have yeah, he's, some he's comparability. Like going that. He's going a direction for sure. That uh, sucks. Well, anyway. that's you know, that's interesting. I, I, you know, um, I really enjoyed his early stuff, but I just can't get down with it, man. Hey, on, on like a yeah. happier thing. Are you yes. watching? Are you watching Get Back, the Beatles thing? No. Okay. I'm not a huge Beatles fan. Like I am, I really like, like, okay. Yeah. I said, I have a very mixed, yeah. this actually ties really well into this conversation yeah. because um, so much bad press has come out as of late about John Lennon that it's kind of like, I don't know. And I never was really like super into them, but what, what's going on? Well, it's just interesting, right? Like the, the yeah. whole thing is like, it's basically they just had cameras and mics on the whole time. They had to go and write this album in two weeks. And so they just did it like oh, a full-time really? job where they came what in. What channel is that on? What's on Netflix? Or it's on Disney Plus. Oh, it is? Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So they made a movie. They made a movie when they did this album, right? So when they did, what was the album? Let It Be? That last album. Yeah. Right? So with that, the one with Get the, Back on it? That's the, Yeah, and that's the one with the yeah. rooftop concert. Yeah. Right? And so it was like, hey, you know, they, they um, you know, they, they go in, they have only two weeks, they have nothing. They go in a room and they like, construct an album in two weeks and then they they record it and, and play it or whatever mm -hmm. i'm not done so i don't know if they get an extension or whatever but like i'm sure you can look it up yeah it's done yeah. it's a long time ago yeah uh, they did finish it yeah but what it is so they made a movie when they did it like originally there was a filmmaker there and he's in this new movie and they made like okay. some documentary where he basically took over this two weeks he took like these little arguments that would happen in the course of any band writing songs like little disagreements mm -hmm. or arguments or whatever Sure. basically built the whole movie around that when really that was like two percent it made it look yeah. like hey the Beatles but it was were sensationalist miserable. they were on their yeah. way to a divorce they were basically forced through this album they did it and then they all went their separate ways which isn't really the truth like mm. and so 
basically they gave Peter Jackson all the footage. There's like 68 hours or something. Like all the rest of it so that it didn't, they could tell the real story. The raw footage. Yeah. All of it. Gotcha. All the raw Okay. Audio. So what, what year did that, what year did that, sen, that sensationalist piece come out? Like when like the album came after? Out. Like okay. Immediately. Gotcha. Like they were all like alive the rough, and saw yeah. the movie. Like in the, in that movie. Oh, okay. Actually okay. made the rift between them worse. Because oh, it, of course it did. They're like, oh, I didn't play it was on so their bad, own, but I guess it was bad. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Could you imagine if every squabble we ever got into as a band was shortcut into one video, and then for sure. that was showed to us? Yeah. You know, it'd be hilarious. So, but so it's know. really cool in the sense of like he's not yeah. trying to t- Peter Jackson. The story he's trying to tell is these guys had this amount of time to make the album. Here's the footage, and there's no there's yeah, no narrator. It's literally yeah. he goes. He has a yeah, calendar. No, he shows this. the day. Yeah. He's like, here's the sixth. And then they just show like 20 minutes of like random footage. Of the oh, that's cool. Of them yeah. talking, of them like, yeah, it's just on like, lyrics. this is that day. Here's a synopsis un- impartially of what that day. And you, you can draw your own conclusion yep. about where they were at. There's all sorts of like little mini band meetings of like, how do we want to do this? How do we want to deal with that? And like, those are in there. And it's like, yeah, it's super, it's super interesting. It's definitely like, yeah. You know, like wow, they they it's like a job, right? They're coming in in the morning and like they're in this. Oh, for sure. They basically just had this sound stage that they're on, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that in its own right, just the way they used to record records, period, back in those days, is bonkers to me, dude. It's so much harder than it is now. Like so much fucking harder. It's super interesting to watch from a musical perspective because like mm-hmm. they didn't come with nothing, dude. Like they're, they're you know, and so they're having yeah. to pull it out. And what you realize at least in this phase of the Beatles I don't know how it was mm-hmm. early on or anything they don't have the access but like in this phase mm-hmm. Paul is carrying the band like John is clearly like having a drug problem or something yeah and I think that's kind of always the way it was right from things I've read is like Paul McCartney was the rock dude yeah, and he's like yeah. very much the producer right he's the one that's like come on yeah. guys we yes. gotta do another song hey let's move on to this yeah the rest of the guys are kind of like happy Ringo's to happy to be just happy to be there yeah they're just George was a Chuck Berry George was a quiet stuff. very like, talented dude but yeah. whatever right and then John was this like troubled addled you know because this is also around the time period when this fucking guy is starting to do like talk about anti-war and all this yeah. stuff like he's 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 filling soloing out a little bit like he's getting into his own thing you he know was on hair the from, time. and you can tell yeah. like he's wearing the same yeah. clothes every day he's kind of like his hair has never come he's just not looking good yeah 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 um anyway do you believe do you believe there's any merit to the conspiracy about paul mccartney not being the real paul mccartney no Okay, fair enough. Maybe this video actually proves that that couldn't be the case. I also don't agree with it because I'm like, look, as somebody who's written songs and tried to write songs for 20 years now, you can't replicate what Paul McCartney had. I don't care how much you look like the fucking guy and how many plastic surgeries they did. If you don't don't watch the show. If you're the fake Paul McCartney and you wrote Let It Be, you're a fucking genius. You're probably better than Paul. Yeah. If you don't watch the show, which is, dude, it's six hours of this. I'll watch it. Yeah. It's, uh, but cool. it's at I'm the very that. least, or anybody watching this doesn't watch it at the very least on YouTube, just mm-hmm. search, uh, Paul McCartney composes, get back. It's okay. It's a clip from the show. It's, do I want to watch it? Do you think we'll get, we'll probably get, it'll fun. get taken down for okay. sure. Just the Beatles. We got That's a so copyright bad, claim from a pizza guy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he, so, so composes, get back. Yeah. So, so, it's probably not on YouTube now. That, that right there. Oh, is this it right here? Yes. Okay. Um, Hold on. Oh, we're going to watch it. Okay. Me and you were watching this. Yeah, this is getting it. cut out anyway, so like, cool. Why is this getting cut out? Well, you're going to get a copyright claim on this. It doesn't mean that we can't air the episode. Oh, it just means you it cut just out, means that, duck the audio for this part? 
No, all that all the copyright things mean is that you can't make money. Oh, that's fine. We're not making so, any money. Yeah, right. we don't have a thousand fans, that's, so it doesn't even matter. That's, that's why I'm saying let's just fucking let's run this bitch because I'm very interested to hear this. Lens laser gun. Between ten and eleven. Why can't I hear? I think we're getting rid of him. You can't hear it. No. What happened to our sweet sound setup, dude? This is we got too confident. Hold on. I want you to hear this. I mean, I've heard it. I went back and watched this clip several times because it blew me away. But yeah, I need to hear it. Yeah, hold on. Behind Sorry, the everybody. That that's this okay. Just, People want to see like how it's made, shit. dude. Yeah, I don't know if this this is that, but it's something. There we go. Share sound. And kaboom. All right, we're back. Right. Let's see. Yeah. Let me know if you can hear it now, okay? Yep. You hear it? Yep. Cool. Is the time. <laughs> dude, British people are so crazy. Ringo, dude, trying to make peace. It's fine. Yeah. Playing that bass again. Peter, can we have a Benson Echo unit for these microphones, please? Watching. See what I mean, though? Like, they're just in a huge room. It's so crazy, dude. The production of it. Watching this, by the way, has made me like a huge Ringo fan. I just like yeah. his style, dude. That's quite true. He's real chill. He don't care, dude. He's so stoked. He already look at the chair he uses to play drums. Yeah, it's like me. Remember me? I used to wear that. Or I used to rock that same shit. Dude, George looks weird without a mustache yeah. or a beard. Dude, he's twenty six here. Dude, they okay. I was gonna so so just really he's quick. So what I was gonna what I was gonna mention is I was watching something earlier today that was it was it was Tom Segura and they were talking about how young they are. And that they were like in their 30s and that was young or whatever. And then they, as a reference, they were like, you know, the Beatles broke up when they were 26. Yeah. Like they had already written all these records and broken up at 26. And I think about what I was doing at 26 and uh, it ain't this. I'll tell you that. I mean, we were like breaking up a band that we had been in for about the same amount of time. It just wasn't uh, successful. <laughs> no, we weren't. At 26, dude, I was like. That was after that. Okay, right. I was, I was 26 when that happened. Well, the other thing about that is that You were I, doing good at 20. When you were 26, we were breaking up. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Let's watch ourselves. This is actually one of the songs I really like. There's... I mean, he's got nothing right here. Right. He's just fucking around. He's playing a chord on his bass, too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> George is like not really yeah, Ringo already knows dude look at him he's like I get it because he's a drummer it, so much comes from the rhythm you know sixty-nine dude right there there it is right there dude yep he like scatted into it yep Pretty cool. Here's John, dude. There he is, late as fuck. This is one of the more rocking songs on this album. Yeah. 
this album. But look at that. He knew the he knew the fucking chord as soon as he sat down. That's what's crazy. Like just so just in general about bands from this time period, like they were such good musicians. Mm-hmm. You know, like they knew how to read music. Yeah. They knew they knew theory. He heard that note, and he like he, you notice when he p- picks the guitar up, he didn't even look at it. He no, just like dude, knows the musicianship that musicianship level is so much higher than like. And they were and like they weren't okay. So today, you know, you write some songs maybe on tour or whatever, and then you go in this studio and like to the point earlier, Pantera. Maybe you don't even record in the same studio as them because yeah. you have the same ability to do that. In these days, there was so much money behind it and so much production yeah. that like. These guys were in this room with each other for fucking months, dude. You yeah, know? it's crazy. Like, or, yeah, it's crazy. It's, you know, it's the, cool. it's the Ramones' fault, right? Like, yeah. everyone can be in a band. You don't need to be a musician. Just The Ramones did really create that, too. It's yeah, a crazy dude, thing. It's like, like, oh, I yeah. could do that, you know? Before, people yeah. look at this and like, I can't fathom this. Right. Can't be in a band. Then the Ramones right. come along and much. you're like, oh, I, I could be in a band. Like, but that's what I loved about the Ramones. It's cool. Like you turned me on to the Ramones, yeah. and that's what did it for me. Because bands like like this was this is decadent, but it's not it's not decadent for decadencies. That's not a word. Yeah, it's not like the eighties where it's just like over the top or the seventy where yeah. it got really bad for me, or or in my opinion it was pre me was like Led Zeppelin, like decadent just for the sake of being so, and like. Right. 80 million kick drums and all yeah. of this ridiculous shit in, in that um, uh, Walk Hard movie. Like, have you ever seen that? Yeah, the Dewey yeah, Cox story. Yeah. Like, it does it perfectly when he's in that weird Brian Wilson phase and he's like, we need eight more didgeridoos. You know, it's like, that's that's yeah. so accurate. You know, and they, and they were like, you know, we went to Belgium to record the symbols or whatever the fuck, right? And then these, like, drug-addled speed freaks from Brooklyn or wherever were like, or from Queens, yeah. they were like, well, we suck, and we're just, like, playing, but it was, like, fast and aggressive and simplistic. And now, to me, the Ramones sound, that linear two-and-a-half-minute song that's four yeah. chords and it's got – and it's upbeat, it is the definition of rock and roll. Uh, it's super if important, you, dude. It's super yeah. important. Like, but both – pop are, sensibility. You know, musicians – to be the Beach Boys. Right. That's the craziest part. I don't know if you – I don't remember what movie it is, but there's an interview with Joey Ramone, and they're like, what – I think it's end of the century. That's yeah, the beat. They're trying to be the Beach Boys. It's like this yeah, is if you're not good at music, out, this is how it comes out. Yeah, but they, if you suck at music, and that's the thing that I realized later in my life, and even listening to that record that we're gonna put out, that new, uh, that old re- Uglies record, even that that wasn't that long ago, but it was still some years ago. It's like you can't be really good and go into a studio and try to sound like the Ramones. It right. will fail, yeah. and why it will fail is because you don't suck. Yeah. Like the reason those early <laughs> punk records are so good is because those guys didn't under they didn't realize what they were doing. Yeah. No, you're like, right. The Misfits didn't realize what they were doing. You know? You're right. Yeah. Chuck Berry didn't realize what he was doing. The the you other know? thing that jumps out about this this show or whatever it is, mm-hmm. this mini series is uh Yeah. First of all, their age like dang they're all so super young and they've already been through like a whole career here i mean not just a career like yeah the the know, other the thing is that ever. they only at this point in their career so you know they all start they became famous when they were all like 20 right mm-hmm. so like they only had like 6 years of like peak fame where they're producing but they only played live think, for like yeah. 3 years they stopped playing live after the beginning i know and i think nobody realizes how compressed 
the Beatles. It's so compressed, man. Timeline like, actually was. The, the other thing that's that's funny about this, and like it's a little, I'm being a little judgy on the Beatles here, but whatever, they can deal with it. They're the Beatles. Yeah. So when they come in, you know, they they at least Paul definitely has some songs in his back pocket that he's been working For on, sure. and and uh, George does too. And yeah. what's funny is like, well, what what was right before this? I guess it was like Sergeant Pepper was his previous album. I, I and they did like so. the magical I, maybe revolver maybe i don't know i don't know they did magical yeah. mystery tour that movie right like my point yeah. is is that like they were like straight you know doo-wop on the beat rock and roll and then they became like yeah you know they went like a bunch of different ways 67 with sergeant sergeant pepper let's see let's see here the studio albums go ahead keep 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 thinking your thought and all yeah I'll so what was funny to me was yeah, it's Yellow Submarine, Abbey Road. Okay, no, Abbey, Abbey Road. Road. Yeah, it's Abbey Road. So Abbey Road. I knew, actually, I like, knew that. Yeah, unproves yeah, my yeah. point a little bit because before that, it's like Sergeant Pepper, Magical Mystery Tour, Yellow Submarine, The White Album, which is a classic, but there are some like weird songs on the White Album. You know, like the, the White Album is actually a collection of really fucking weird yeah. songs, but it's a really have, good album. I have an original press that, of that album. Do you really? That's my dad's. That that's crazy. That um, there is a song on that record that is maybe one of my my it is my favorite Beatles song and um uh, and maybe one of my favorite like songs from that era ever and that's um the one that's got that part that's like I need a fix cuz I'm going down um happiness is a loaded gun or whatever it is uh, yeah. I don't remember what that song's called but that that song, and then um, while my guitar gently weeps, dude, the bass line is the metalist fucking thing, yeah. dude. If you listen to it in headphones, it's it's in some degented downtuned bass, yes. and it's like jun 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 jun, and yeah. you're like, dude, if you think about it in context, and I'm talking like I'm a massive Beals fan, I'm not, but it is so ahead of its fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, mm. they went as a like. There you go. You got your boy right there, dude. Maharashi Mahashi, yeah, yeah. right? So they went yeah. down this like very like spiritual psychedelic whatever mm. path, right? And then you mm. know they do their album or whatever, and they all kind of go away for a while and they come back. So George comes back and he's still right up in it, dude. He comes back and he has monks like with him hanging out in the oh, studio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And everybody else is kind of just on to the next thing to the point right. where and realizing how young they are now and looking at it in retrospect, like, Oh, these were like, they were like 23 when they were doing the whole, it's like, they right. were just culture vultures, dude. They went yeah. out there fucking stole. I mean, they were. And, and that's what I don't like about the Beatles, yeah. right? Like they were categorically throughout their whole career, just culture. Vultures. I mean, it's very British, you know, it's, it's very British, but that's why they got away with it. Yeah. There's yeah. a and this is a t and, and I got a, a bail pretty soon here, but there um and I want to play a music video for you as to wrap this up. Yes. That'll be very fitting. Uh not the Beatles, but a really good song that you'll like. Okay. But anyway, there's a current band out that's sort of this same thing. Um they're called Die Antwood. I don't know if you're familiar with yes. Die Antwood. South African yeah. folks. Absolute culture appropriators, right? Like they are taking what is like ghetto street culture of South Africa and and then packaging it and selling it for like in the United States yeah. for Western white people. Yeah. But that is absolutely like black culture in South Africa. And the funny thing about them is, if you do a little digging on them, they do not come from the streets of South Africa. Yeah. They are they were like like backpack hip hop kids growing up from like affluent Dutch families. Yeah. 
but they weren't going anywhere. And their early records were dog shit. And then they realized, like, we get these crazy haircuts and we start getting all these tattoos and stuff, like the people from the slums of, of Cape Town or whatever. No one in the, some producer, some outside money man was like, if you do that, U.S. has never seen that before. And it yeah. was kind of the way that the Beatles captivated the United States and Britain and Germany. It was like, let's bring old blues here. And I mean, it's what Led Zeppelin did. The, the only just ripped that shit off. The break that I give the Beatles and where ultimately I let it slide as if I'm some yeah. judge of the Beatles is that yeah, like, me either. I mean, what do I, mean? the fact of the matter, the bottom line is it's not just like that. They wrote a bunch of good songs. Every album they released has a handful of super Bangers. mega, like You're revolutionarily right. good songs. Like, and I'll say that shit, like songs. people that try to compare them to the Rolling Stones, I think that's where they have the Rolling Stones beat every day. Of course, there's, dude, dominate. There's Rolling Stone records where it's like, these are all garbage. But anyway, I got to go pick my dogs up, but I wanted to play a song for you. Yeah, all right. That's a great song. And it was done by the bad lip reading folks. Okay. And it's, uh, it's a Star Wars song. <clears throat> all right, let's do okay. it. All right. I hope you enjoy this as much as you Can you hear it? I can hear it. Okay. Because not only is this an amazing lip song, it's hey, a great lip song. How did my father die? 49 times we fought that beast, your old man and me. And had a chicken head with duck feet, with a woman's face too. Oh, that's rad. And it was waiting in the bushes for us. Ripped off your dad's face He was screaming something awful In fact there was this huge mess And I had to change the floors The floors? You see his blood It drained into the boards And I had to change them But we all got a chicken duck woman Thing waiting for us Every day I worry all day I was waiting in the bushes of love Something's waiting in the bushes for us Something's waiting in the bushes of love. This is a legit Every day I worry well all day. Really well done. I was oh, waiting in the bushes of love. Something's waiting in the bushes for us. Something's waiting in the bushes of love. Yo, never knew my dad, he didn't care about me. Dead horizon is all my macro binocular see. Moisture farming all my life and not a drop spilled. My aunt and uncle, double sons, and sipping blue milk. My aunt and uncle, double sons, I'm sick of blue milk. But then a desert hobo came and told me. We all got a chicken duck woman thing waiting for us. Every day I worry all day. Waiting in the bushes of love Something's waiting in the bushes for us Yeah, something's waiting in the bushes of love yeah, Every day I worry all day I was waiting in the bushes of love Something's waiting in the bushes for us Something's waiting in the bushes of love Hold me when I open like a flower I'm a 
Behind that scrap pile, it's just a big cow. I know you really want someone to hold you, but we all got a chicken duck woman thing waiting for us. Yeah, every day I worry all day. I was waiting in the bushes of love. Something's waiting in the bushes for us. Yeah, something's waiting in the bushes of love. And it goes, it goes from there. But. Uh, Great. I thought I, I thought you would like I that. I really do like that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that'd be a good way to close out um the show. Yeah, man. I'm gonna think about uh, that all day, every day. For sure. And I so I I don't have it on me, but I made us a, a shirt for that. I made a shirt, a tie-dye shirt that says every day I worry all day. Nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you shit, it's good. I'll send you a, a picture of it. But I wanted to unveil that to you after I, because you being I a Star Wars context. fan, you needed the contest. Yeah, that's great. But all right, dude, I got to go pick up my pooches. I had a great time today. Good talk about yeah. music, man. Yeah, I guess it, it was um, a music episode. It was a music episode, which is great. You know, that um, worked out. Yeah, man. So uh, have a good rest of your week and uh, tell uh, Mr. Holse I said, what's up? I will. All right, dude. Well, uh, I'll see you later. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. Bye. Internet television podcast show.